Thank you for joining us for another lesson from God's Word. Anytime you're in Huntsville, we hope you'll come be part of our worship. The West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence is located at 1519 Old Monrovia Road Northwest, Huntsville, Alabama, 35806. We hope you'll enjoy this lesson brought to us by Glenn Colley. Tonight's reading of God's Word will be from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 1 through 8. For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house, not made with hands eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly, desiring to be clothed with a habitation from which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we should not be found naked. For, for we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that morality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared for us this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee, so that we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Ever since I can remember reading studies about, or polls about what people thought about heaven and hell, every single one had this consistency. More people believe in heaven than believe in hell. Now maybe that's just transparent. More people believe they're going to heaven than hell, of course, and some people have just disregarded hell altogether. And it got me to thinking that there's a conditional form of logic attached to believing that there's a heaven. A conditional statement is one in which you have this form. If A is true, then B must be true. Now, if a person says... I believe in heaven. He implies a great deal. Oh, he may not know it. He may not realize that he does. But he implies a great deal. As a matter of fact, I can think of ten things that are implied by saying, I believe in heaven. A lot of non-religious people believe in heaven and don't realize what they're saying. But there are ten things. Ten things implied in this conditional statement. If heaven is real then these things must also be real and true. Here's number one. If heaven is real, then the Bible is true. The origin of teaching about heaven is from the Word of God. The Word of God, the Bible, starts with the beginning. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. The earth was without form and void. And here's the, I mean, you don't have history that goes behind this. This is, the Bible goes to creation and even before that. If you talk about heaven, and it may be that some cultures have cultivated some sort of discussion or perspective about heaven, but they got it from the Word of God because the Bible is the origin of the teaching about heaven. In Luke 3 and verse 22, when John took Jesus down and baptized him, the Bible says that that, that Spirit, the Holy Spirit, descended like a dove and onto Jesus, and then a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 4, the Bible says that 
You and I have an inheritance coming to us if we're Christians, and it's incorruptible and undefiled, fades not away. Ready for this? It's reserved in heaven for you. Psalm 139 and verse 8, but though I ascend up into heaven, he's there. If I descend down into hell, he's there. If I take the wings of the morning and the uttermost parts of the sea, even there his hand will hold me. Bible is the origin of the teaching about heaven. And when I say I believe in heaven, I imply by that that the Bible is true. Here's number two. If I believe in heaven, I have no trouble at all believing the other miraculous events of the Bible. I mean, no trouble at all. If you say, I believe that my destiny one day is going to be heaven, then you don't have any trouble at all saying that my origin is Genesis chapter 2 and God from the dust of the ground made a man and from and breathed into his nostrils a breath of life and man became a living soul. In Matthew chapter 2, you're not going to have any trouble with Matthew chapter 28. On the first day of the week on Sunday, Jesus rose from the dead. Are you ready for that? That's that's utterly miraculous. You won't have any trouble at all with Acts chapter 1, that 40 days after the, the resurrection that Jesus ascended back to the Father and those disciples watched him ascend back. You're not going to have any trouble with that because when you go ahead and say that heaven is real, what you imply is that, I mean, you know, you're talking about a a place of disembodied spirits and that they're going somewhere forever and ever for all eternity. That's the concept of heaven. And once you, once you believe that, then you're not going to have any trouble with the parting of the Red Sea. You won't have any trouble with Jonah and that fish. You're not going to have any trouble with the miracles in Acts chapter 2. So here's the second thing. When I say I believe in heaven... The implication of that is that I do not have any trouble with any of the other miracles described, miraculous events in the Bible. Here's number three. When I declare that I believe that the Bible or that that heaven is real, then I also am saying that heaven deserves my keenest attention. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 24. Remember Moses? By faith Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, well, that, that had to be sort of tempting, don't you think? The wealth and the power and the prestige of all of that. Choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God. He didn't want the pleasures of sin for a season. Now, what does that imply? The pleasures of sin that he would enjoy being the son of Pharaoh's daughter would only be temporary. So he chose the, the, the challenges, the hardship with the people of God, the pain being with the people of God, because by implication, where he was going to go would be for all eternity, and there's no pain there. He chose heaven. Heaven deserves my keenest attention. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 19, you know this. Don't lay up for yourselves treasures upon the earth. You lay up treasures upon the earth and moth and rust will corrupt and thieves will break through and steal. Lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. If there's a heaven, if there really is an eternal place with God forever and ever and ever and ever, then it deserves my keenest attention. I cannot be at any time too far away from my next thought about heaven. In Psalm 53 and verse 2, next slide, the Bible says that God looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand who seek God. From where? He looks down from heaven. Here's number four. If heaven is true, then the fact is, every word of Jesus is important to me. Everything he taught is important. Because John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, the life, and no man comes to the Father but by me. 
And in John chapter 12 and verse 48, he said, He that rejects me and receives not my words has one that judges him. The word which I speak, the same shall judge him in the last day. That is to say that if I go to heaven, it's only going to be through Jesus Christ. And of course then, I crave his words. I want to know everything I can about Jesus. I want to listen to everything he has to say. And i tell you something else too. We get to the subject of baptism, and I'm not going to quibble about whether or not baptism is essential because out of the mouth of Jesus Christ, the gate through which I must go, out of his own mouth, in Mark 16 and verse 16, he that believes and is baptized shall be saved. You got any quarrel with that? Are you kidding? Why would I quarrel with that? Why would I fuss about that? Of course I want to be baptized. Of course I do. Why? In order to be saved? That's why. That's what he said. If, if you say that heaven is real, you believe heaven is real, then you also know that you've got to listen to Jesus. Now, here's number five. The church becomes so very important. I want it to be a priority with me. And the reason is that the church that you read about in your New Testament is the fullness of what Jesus has to offer you. Now, I want you to think about that. What is it that Jesus wants for your life? And you could categorize that by what he wants in your life right now. And John 10 and verse 10 says it's an abundant life. And we could go into a lot of detail about that, what Jesus wants for my life here. But what he wants for me mostly is that I'll be with him forever and ever in heaven. So Ephesians 1, 22 and 23 says that God gave Jesus to be head over all things to the church, which is his body. Look at this clause now. The fullness of him that fills all in all. That is to say that what he wants for you is heaven and the church is the fullness of him that fills all in all. It is to say that the people who are going to go to heaven are the people who are in the body of Christ, which is the church of Jesus Christ. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 20, Paul writes and says, are you ready for this? Our citizenship is in heaven. If you're a Christian, you're a member of the body of Christ. There are no unsaved people that are in that body. You can leave that body, but if you're in it, you're one of his people and you're saved and you're destined for heaven. Here's number six. If heaven is true, then of course what I'm going to be doing is training my children to be devout Christians. There's no way around that implication. I love my children. Naturally, what I want, because I know there's a heaven, is for them ultimately to be there. Matthew chapter 16 and, and verse 26. Lay not up yourselves treasures on the earth. Lay up yourselves treasures in heaven. Now, Matthew 5 and 20. If your righteousness doesn't exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you won't inherit the kingdom of heaven. Number seven. If heaven is true, if that is true, then there must also be a hell. The same Bible which teaches one equally teaches the other. I think that's terribly important. I want to go to heaven because I want to be with Jesus forever and ever. But I, I tell you what, I don't want to go to hell because it's awful there. And because, because it's for eternity. I cannot grasp eternity. I cannot. I, I try sometimes to think about it, but I can't think about it very long because it boggles my mind. I can't go very far with that. Nothing that I've personally experienced is, is where I can see eternity. I, I cannot. But I know what the Bible says. And in Matthew chapter 25 and verse 34, you have a picture of the judgment day. And to those on his right hand, he's going to say, come you blessed of my father. You never have heard the actual voice of Jesus. But my prayer is that when you hear it for the first time, 
that this is what you hear him say. Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That's what he's going to say to those on his right hand. To those on his left hand, what he's going to say, verse 41, is depart from me, you cursed. It's the same chapter. It's the same discussion. It's about the judgment day. And I'm telling you, heaven and hell are side by side there. It's going to be one or the other. There's not a middle ground there. And to some people, he's going to say, depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire. I didn't know you. Verse 46, these shall go away into everlasting destruction with the righteous into life eternal. I just want you to appreciate that heaven and hell are side by side there. I, I cannot logically believe that there's a heaven without logically believing there's a hell. The same source of information for heaven is the source I get for hell. Right? Here's number eight. If I believe in heaven, then the struggles of this life are easier to endure. Acts chapter 7 and verse 55 is the picture of the stoning of Stephen. And you remember that. And as they're pelting him with those stones, he looks up to heaven and he sees the glory of God and he sees Jesus standing on the right hand of God. He prays for those who are killing him. And, And what you don't have... Is, is this man being, ex- and he didn't deserve execution. He, it wasn't like he was guilty of some horrendous crime. It wasn't that. He, it was all illegitimate, of course, unfair, unrighteous. Of course, we know that. The point is that you don't find him cursing those who are throwing the rocks. I suppose that happened a lot, you know, that the man being killed would be cursing those who were, were killing him. Of course, you can imagine how that's not what you heard out of Stephen. In fact, he prays for them. That was a strange thing. This is like what Jesus did from the cross. Now, how does a man do that? How does a man man hold up like that in view of what's happening to him? And the answer is that if you believe heaven is real, it just makes all the difference. It doesn't make the struggles. It doesn't mean that we don't have the struggles. It just means that we can endure them better. They're only going to be for a short time. You got struggles in your life right now? Some of you in this room this week are involved in awful struggles. Some of you are in the most difficult time for various reasons of your life. And, and um, I know several who are in that circumstance right now. Hold on. This, this is not going to be forever. Just keep your mind on heaven. Keep focusing on heaven. There's going to be a place. By faith, we can see it afar. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And I... I study the Bible, and I believe there's a heaven. I know from what God said that there is, and it's a place the likes of which I've never seen. And I, I tell you what, it'll be for all eternity, and you and I are going to be with Jesus. And here's number nine. Death's not the ultimate tragedy for Christians. It's not the ultimate tragedy. It doesn't mean that we are eager for death. Sometimes a Christian is. Sometimes life here gets so very difficult that he or she is really eager to go on to the other side. I've been around that many times. Maybe you felt that before. But I will say this. If heaven is real, then for Christians, death's not the ultimate tragedy. Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14. For as much as children, it means human, not just little children, it means talking about people who are children of God. If the children are partakers of flesh and blood... He, Jesus himself, likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that has the power of death. And ready? He delivered them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. What happened? is that he went to the cross and he delivered us from that, that terrible fear 
of the ultimate tragedy, which is dying. That's the ultimate tragedy to the world, but, but not to Christians. We don't, we don't wish for death typically, but neither do we dread it like people who don't see to the other side, who can't see heaven. Here's the last one. If heaven is real, then God is very, very good. Luke 15, 7, the angels rejoice over one sinner that repents. Isn't that something? There's a celebratory song that comes from heaven when somebody turns his life around, turns her life around and says, I want to follow Jesus. I want to be part of the family of God. And God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. What is that? That's heaven, you know. It's about heaven. And the price tag was unspeakable. And that's what he paid so you and I could go. He's very, very good. In Luke chapter 10, the disciples came running to Jesus. They were so excited because they said, in your name, even the demons are subject. In your name, they're subject to us, the demons. Isn't that amazing? Jesus poured some cold water on that. And he said, don't rejoice because the angels are subject to you. you. You rejoice rather that your names are written in heaven. That's, that's really what's important. And one day the trumpet's going to blow. And when it does, all that are in their graves are going to hear his voice and come forth. And if we've walked in the Lord, we're going to be escorted into a place that is just awesome. I do not know where it is on the map, but it doesn't really matter because heaven is where Jesus is, and we're going to go and live with him forever and ever. It's called a, a conditional statement in logic. If this is true, then this also must be true. And in reference to our discussion tonight, if heaven is true, oh, it makes all the difference in the world. Are you a child of God? If the answer is no, why don't you become one right now? I do not know how long life will be for you or for me. It may not be as long as we think. The point is that if I knew I was going to live 10 minutes, I'd want to be a Christian. Of course I would. But if I knew that I was going to live another 50 years, I'd want to be a Christian just the same. Because I don't want to give a single day of my life to the devil. I want to live for Christ. What about you? Repent of your sins and confess him and we'll baptize you into Christ. Bible says for the forgiveness of sins and you will start your walk toward this place that we've been talking about. It's a real place, John 14 and 6. I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you, I'll come again. Maybe, maybe you just need the prayers of Christians tonight. We prayed for some sweet Christians this morning and maybe You've got a reason tonight that you need our prayers. We'll be so happy to do that. We hope you have enjoyed this lesson from God's Word, brought to us by Glenn Colley. If you have comments or questions, Glenn can be reached by email at colley at westhuntsville.org.